Well, hey, everybody, it's time for another Ken Pierpont Story Podcast. This is in our series of Christmas podcasts, every day between now and Christmas. And today what I'm going to do is I want to read to you really the old Stonebridge newsletter from Christmas Day 2002. We were um, living in Flint and running the character in in Flint. And the story uh, today, it's, it's again, it's, um, I'm just going to basically kind of read, retell the story that I, the, from the Stonebridge newsletter that I sent out uh, on Christmas Day 2002. Hey, Merry Christmas, Stonebridge friends. Snow is falling beautifully, and it has been since about 2.30 this morning. This I only know because Kyle told me so. I didn't assume the front desk responsibilities until a little after 4 a.m. I can see out into the snowy riverfront park from where I am, and I can enjoy the huge fire burning in the lobby. I look forward to this quiet time early on Christmas morning to send each of you a Christmas greeting. Last weekend we spent in Chicago. Kyle works in the western suburb of Oak Brook, so Friday evening we met him at the historic water tower in Chicago. As you can imagine, the last weekend before Christmas, Michigan Avenue is wonderfully a bustle. I dropped off the girls to explore the American Girl Store and Cafe. I dropped off Chuck to meet Kyle. Dan and Wes and I parked the car near Moody, and we hiked to the meeting point. When we arrived, Light snow was falling and the water tower square and all of Michigan Avenue was alive. I looked up and I could see Kyle and Chuck standing in the window of the second floor coffee shop over the bookstore overlooking the water tower square. They were sipping coffee and catching up on things and somehow about something about seeing my, my two oldest sons there warmed me deeply. We, we joined them there and there were hugs and warm greetings between brothers and we were all together for Christmas. We spent Saturday in Oak Brook. Saturday morning, new friends brought over a full, delicious breakfast for our whole family. They also treated us to family singing. They're memorizing Psalm 119, the entire psalm. All the children sang the first 24 verses from memory, and their dad accompanied them on the piano. Sunday, we attended church with Lois's sister's family. We celebrated Christmas with Lois's side of the family at their home near South Bend. And Sunday night, we stayed as late as we could, and after a full happy day, we started the drive home. My brother-in-law, Bobby, he said that we could find a South Bend Chocolate Company uh, coffee shop on the last service plaza in Indiana, so we looked forward to getting a good cup of coffee there before we exited the turnpike and took Interstate 69 North. But I was disappointed to discover that the coffee shop was east of the exit, so we'd not be able to get to it without going many, many miles out of our way. So we had to settle for coffee from McDonald's. At the first exit north of the toll road, we pulled into the McDonald's. I got the order fixed in my mind and fought the cold wind going into the restaurant, and I saw something behind the counter I've never seen at McDonald's before. We were the only customers, and it was near closing time. And behind the counter, a young lady was making Buckeyes. And since I was born a Buckeye myself, I acted real, real interested in it. I informed the young lady that I was an official Buckeye taster and evaluator. And that since it was, uh, I was in a holiday mood, I'd be willing to donate my services as a special Christmas gesture. <laughs> she poked one with a toothpick and she just brought it over and handed it to me smiling. It was good. I told her I would have to try one with a large cup of fresh black coffee to be sure, though. 
When I inquired, she said that she couldn't sell me any Buckeyes. They were not on the official McMenu. We ordered and chatted, and when they gave us our food, I asked uh, how many Buckeyes she would donate to me if I donated a few dollars to her. She asked how many of us were in, in the car. I told her that there were eight poor, hungry children in the car. She looked like she didn't believe me, so I showed her a picture. She gave us more than one apiece, and I was right. With coffee, they were delicious. I think they should add them to the menu. I ate more than a man with my reputation for weight loss should. I considered it a Christmas exception since I've been a very good boy. Well, we got in the cars, and then we headed north. Our friends were all standing in the window waving goodbye at McDonald's when we pulled away. The car was warm, and so were our hearts. And once again, I was reminded that God arranges our stops. He arranges our wrong turns, everything. He even orchestrates our disappointments in dark days for our good and for his glory. And I pointed out to the family that people are almost always open to a smile, to a compliment, to a gift in exchange for personal warmth. Well, I hope you're encouraged by my little story to try to nudge everyone you meet just a little notch closer to Jesus. Without him, we're all doomed, no matter how much we have, no matter how favorable our circumstances. But with him, we're all blessed, no matter how little we have, no matter how difficult our circumstances. Well, that's it. So much for my ramblings. Merry Christmas, I said to everybody. And I signed off on the Stonebridge newsletter at Christmas in 2002. And I hope you enjoyed hearing me read that. Hey, Merry Christmas to you. And I hope you'll, you'll tune into the podcast again tomorrow for another Christmas story.